to the Higher Ed Podcast. We uncover the future of higher education, current trends, insights from the sector's brightest, and actionable advice for leaders and executives. Creating impactful universities, well-branded colleges, and best-in-class student experiences. Join us as we redefine the sector one episode at a time. Welcome back to another episode of the Higher Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Kamar D. Jarnett, flying solo today. Got a sensational, super, extraordinary guest and a friend as well, the uh, legendary Shannon Warren. Uh, great to have you. Appreciate you kind of taking this little bit short notice because I know how busy you are. But uh, could you please introduce yourself to our audience? Thank you so much, Kamar. I am Shannon Warren. Uh, I am uh, about a, I think we just discovered, about a 17-year veteran in the proprietary school industry. Uh, But I have worked in higher education my entire adult life. So I'm actually 21 years in total. Education is all that I've done uh, since graduating from college. And I absolutely love it. Um, I have worked in a number of different roles in education. Uh, from support roles all the way through working my way up to the campus director, campus president role that I currently still hold right now. So I love our students, love training our employees. I love what we provide uh, the students that we serve. Absolutely. And you're one of those, you know, what I would call anomalies in terms of leadership, right? Because you have the ability to be you know, transactional, you can cross the T's, dot the I's, extremely organized, but you're also transformational, right? You know, you can, you know, help a person develop, help a person achieve more than they ever thought, you know, that they would with your positivity, your energy and enthusiasm. And it's real, right? Like, I mean, you have it everywhere you go and every day. How have those qualities been tested or helped you during this, you know, pandemic and pre, during and post COVID era, if that makes sense? You know, that's a great question, uh, Kamar, because I was actually thinking about that the other day. You know, I think we all go through some self inventory, self analysis every once in a while. And if you were to ask me my greatest accomplishment to date in this industry and just as a professional, it would be without a doubt the number of people that have worked with me or for me directly that have been promoted. Um, Like I I live for seeing other people succeed and for them to achieve uh, things they didn't think that they could. And so, you know, every once in a while, I kind of look back on, okay, now who's been working with me this year? Where are they now? Where are they going? You know, what's my plan for them? Even when they tell me no, I circle back and say, hey, you know, let's let's do this. Let's think about this. So with the pandemic, that became a little bit more challenging uh, because, you know, I think people overall wanted to stay where they were. You know, Mm. it was a scary time. So, moving up, moving around. So many other people were losing opportunities. So people that were in position really wanted to maintain where they were. So the opportunity to have people be a little bit more enthusiastic about moving up and doing different things um, was a little halted. But, you know, as things are starting to open back up, working with my team here recently on, okay, guess what, guys? It's it's mid-year of the calendar year, beginning of the 
uh, fiscal year for some. I need to know what you're going to achieve in the next six months, you know, personally, not just professionally, but personally, what do you want to do? So uh, those things always motivate me, even when, you know, things are not going well. I can easily walk down the hallway and have start a conversation with someone (laughs) about, hey, let's do something new. And then I'm just I'm right back on it, pumped up again. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny. Like, I remember, you know, when I worked uh, uh, with you uh, at a couple schools and, you know, I would you you weren't in New Orleans, but I was like, man, every time I come down here, it's like it's Mardi Gras, like it's something <laughs> going on. Like, are you serious? You know, yeah. and I remember that in the summer when I, I'm walking in the building, it's probably 180 degrees. I'm soaking wet. I want to go back. I want to go back to the hotel. And you got the hat on, you know, and the the, the, yeah. the what's the thing that you blow? And I'm just like, it's always a party. Um, yeah, you know, always you, a party. With, always a party. And you know. I, I like that type of environment. We have some very tough jobs, you know, that we do, and it is extremely stressful some days. So I like to make sure that the environment stays positive, stays upbeat, you know, as much as possible, sure. and that we are always doing something. I had an employee once uh, that came to me. He was an older gentleman that actually taught in my criminal justice program. And I, it was so unexpected what he said, but he came in and he sat down with me. He said, hey, you know, what, Miss Warren, I just wanted to stop by and, you know, tell you you're doing a good job. I said, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. He said, you know, and I'm, I'm never really worried. As you know, I'm retired, so I, I'm not here because I just have to be here. But I love being here. He said, but the one thing that I really know about what you do and how you do it is the minute you sit down, and there are no projects, there are no events, you're not painting a wall, you're not breaking right, right. out some, some new carpet. <laughs> that's when I would get worried. <laughs> sure. No, that's, I mean, it, it, like, it, I mean, you were never in your office. I mean, he's right. Like you're always painting something, putting something up, always uh-huh. engaged. And, and I think that's palpable. I, I think, you know, it, it resonates throughout you know, the entire team, you know, that, that you're leading. I mean, it's tremendous, you know, it, yeah, it really is. You. So when you think about qualities of leadership, mm-hmm. right, are there things that you feel like, you know, you have that help you to be that strong leader, but are there also things maybe that you look for in certain people as you help them develop, if that makes sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, Courage jumps out, like really top of my list. Courage okay. does because it takes a lot of courage to make the decisions that have to be made in leadership that can impact people positively, negatively, their families. Um, As you know, in in the industry that I'm in, Kamar, sometimes we don't know. You know, we pull the trigger (laughs) and we're just really like hoping that, gosh, I hope that was the right trigger to pull. I really, really hope that it was. but you have to exude the confidence in front of your team that, right. yes, I, that was the trigger to pull. You, <laughs> it absolutely was. But you're thinking to yourself, my gosh, I hope this works out. Because there's sure. just so many unknowns, you know, sometimes you, you know, for instance, you want to roll out a new program. You've got good, you know, local community statistics, good market feedback on it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And you're feeling really great about it. 
And then enrollment starts and you may think, okay, well, this isn't what I was really expecting. I was hoping that, you know, we'd be knocking this thing out of the uh, water by now. And then you have to kind of recalibrate or uh, pivot. Again, I always tell my team, you know what? Pivoting is not new to the process. It is part of the process. So, we, you know, we're always pivoting. That's a quote by someone. I can't remember who it is. But, you know, we're always just kind of pivoting and turning and figuring out the next, you know, thing that we need to do. So courage has to be a part of your daily uh, strategy, you know, and what you do. Um, You know, those things that I think we believe just come naturally sometimes, uh, being a good decision maker, uh, having the skills, you know, to be able to pinpoint when someone needs help, when someone on your team is struggling. A lot of those things certainly can be taught. They can be um, enhanced by who you are working with, who you are working for. But I feel like one of the most important things that I can be to my team as a leader is the example of not where they are, but where I want them to grow, where I want them to be. So I tell them, like, it doesn't make sense what I'm saying right now, because I'm talking to you from a year down the line. Right. So I know right. you're wondering, like, why are we doing this? You know, like we, we just crossed this finish line and she's already talking about something else. And I try to remind them because we're moving. We're, we're going there. And so right. in order for us to get there, I have to already think there. Sure. And get you guys ready for that. So those those types of qualities of leadership and recognizing when you make a mistake that it's OK you know, acknowledging that. That wasn't something, honestly, Kamar, that I can say I did well early on in my career. Mm. Um, You know, I really didn't. I think I would kind of sit back and think, oh, my goodness, I messed that up. Let me not say anything. Let me try to fly under the radar, you know. But as I have grown, I have just understood the significance of being transparent about it, you know, Mm -hmm. and and your team needs to know that sometimes I am going to mess up. Right. And you guys may have told me differently and I didn't listen. Right. And so that's just a part of the whole leadership, I think, process and some of those qualities that you look for um, and that are, that are really needed for people to truly jump on board. Because that's what you're trying to do. You want to you know, get their buy in and get them on board to achieve whatever goals you have in place. No, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting, like over the pandemic, I've really gotten into uh, kind of finance and, and the stock market and CNBC and Bloomberg and all those things. Yeah. And uh, I think you made a couple great points, but one, the, one of the ones you just made really stood out to me. Um, I remember it's a guy, uh, Chamath uh, Palapatia. He's like, I guess the modern day Warren Buffett supposed to be, or our, our, this generation's Warren Buffett. Uh-huh. And he was wrong about something and he changed course. You know, so the, you know, the, the host or the person that's interviewing, like, it, as I noticed, like a lot of times when they see that somebody was wrong about something, it's like they always ask a question or something, but they've got kind of a little smirk to it. Like, you know, like, like you were actually wrong. Right. And, you know, they, they said something to the effect of, yeah, you know, so you were wrong about that and you decided to change. And I think that's big of you. And I'm watching this and I'm like, well, I guess, but. If, if we think it's extraordinary that people actually admit that they're wrong, then what's wrong with us? Because right. like, like nobody's perfect. Like I'm going to make a decision about something. I'm going to be wrong about it. That's how I'm going to learn. And trust me, it's not going to be one time. Right. And 
I think that is a strength, I think, overall, just because so many people don't do it. But it's almost to me like it, it should should be no like we should create an environment where people can be wrong, admit they're wrong and not going to hide yeah. it. Because the quicker you admit it, the quicker we all know what happened <laughs> and the quicker we can, you know, have, you know, have the courage to pivot. So right. I, I do think it's a strength, but I think it should be more common, I you know, than, than, than it actually is, if that makes sense. But I see how. You know, I guess the environment, social environment or how we're brought up and things like that, it, it creates a conditioning in us where I'm not going to admit that I was wrong. Like, right. never wrong. Like, yeah, never wrong. Know. Right. Because and then to your point with because I'm always talking about speed. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, a, a book that I read taught me exactly what you're talking about. A, a great leader has to learn to be 10 days in the future and then 30 and then 60. And then eventually you're really on it when you're 90 days and 120 days, you know, into the future. So the the quicker you can admit that you're wrong, pivot, take the information and adjust, the more successful you're going to be, the more stronger you're going to be as a leader, because you're not going to wallow in that bad decision just because you don't want to admit that, that you're wrong. So that becomes an extraordinary skill. Yeah, the quicker you develop it, which which I can see is is, is one of the reasons why you've been um, so successful. So, yeah. and I know you got to go, but so how does all of that, I guess, transition or, or trickle down to extraordinary customer service and education? Right? Does that make sense? Yes, it definitely does. Um, Kamar, I really think the customer service piece is another piece that is talked about a lot. You know, we've heard it all all the time. It's something we always talked about, especially on the admission side. Sure. Like admissions was all about the customer service, right? Right, right. You, know, like, you got to do this on the front end because they need to see us at our best and all of those different things. Sure. And that's very true. But I think it is lost in the true daily logistics of how we operate in the things that we do. And the reason it is lost is because we truly forget about the customer. In Mm. our case, in my case, you know, it's my student. Right. So I I started trying to teach my teams about the significance of customer service and how they communicate it with Mm. our students and within other employees that, you know, we've all heard it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. Sure. It is. Do you do they believe you? You know, do, do they believe you when you say I'm going to help you? Right. You know, or is it just lip service? Because I I need to be able to believe you when you say it. Um, Not just the communication piece, but also for me a little bit more uh, about what we talked about earlier. The environment is a big part of customer service that I think is also overlooked. As you know, when you walk into my school, I want you to feel like this is the mecca of student success. Absolutely. You don't feel that when you walk through my door, we're doing something wrong. And it's not just the people, but it's the environment. It's what you see. It's what you smell. It's how clean it is. <laughs> it is. Every single thing has a place and people feel like, wow, okay, I, I can succeed here. I Absolutely. can do it here. That's a big piece of customer service that people overlook. You know, they yeah. just do. They don't think about when you walk in and what you're feeling, but I do. And I know that it makes a difference. So I tell them, guys, we can be great. We can be, you know, jumping from the roof, cutting cartwheels all day and all night. But if your classroom is junky, you lost it. 
you know, yeah. all of that stuff you're doing, because those are all supplements. Right. You will lose it. The people truly make the difference. So our customer service is about if we tell a student you have to be here on Monday at 830 a.m., we aren't breezing through the door at 829. Right. Right. No, right. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> we right. need to be here and ready to greet them again. Areas that people don't really think about sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it is so significant. And I do think that a lot of the success that the campuses that I've had in the past few years have had have been because we truly pushed customer service for our guests and for all of our customers top down. It doesn't matter who it is walking through the door. Tell me what you need. If I see a student standing in the hallway, hey, you okay? Um, Have you been helped? You know, I I tell them I need to hear that a lot. I want to hear people saying, have you been helped? It's fine when they say yes. It's not fine when they say, no, I'm just standing here. Mm-hmm. All of those things make a big difference in how, as a leader, you're able to really just permeate that throughout your employees as well as your team and for the customers on the receiving side. Sure. No, no. I, and I can't think of a better place to end it than right here. I think you made an extraordinary point, especially when you think about because some people think customer service is just high energy and a smile. Well, I mean, if you got them coming back, you know, one time each day for six days because they got to sign a piece of paper that you forgot to give them the sign, then (laughs) that's not great customer service. I don't care if you got a smile on your face every time they come back, Um, you know, so so being able to quantify that. Right. Like you said, you know, being there early, not just breezing in like all of those. And that's why I said the transformational part, along with the details, um, you know, is it's is kind of makes a great combination for an extraordinary leader. Really quick, do you want to leave our uh, audience with any tips, nuggets? Sure. And is there anywhere they can find you? Instagram, Facebook, email, okay. LinkedIn? Yes, definitely. I think I would leave with, I love being able to see people grow and develop. Um, it is something that's so important to me. And that's not just my employees directly, that's people personally in my lives, that's definitely for my students that we serve. It's so uh, rewarding to know when you have helped a person that truly didn't think that they were deserving of being helped, Mm -hmm. that did not believe that they had the opportunity and they see you and they see you as that example. Like, well, she did it. I can do it. And I'm like, that's what I want to be a walking poster child for that. Anyone can do it. Anyone can achieve it. It may be a little bit more difficult, but it definitely can be done. Uh, So I love it. I absolutely love it. Again, love what I do. I would not be still doing it all these years if I did not love it at all. But yes, I am located. I'm on LinkedIn uh, with Shannon Warren. I'm on Facebook uh, as well. Uh, also on Instagram, Snapchat, you can find me pretty much anywhere, but um, I, also have, uh, I also run SDOT Consulting, give myself a little plug there. Um, Absolutely. Yes, my SDOT Consulting, which is dealing with training and employee development and all nice. of those types of skills uh, for organizations and persons that are interesting, uh, interested as well. That's all can be found on all of my platforms. Uh, additionally, but I love helping people and definitely want to continue to do whatever I can to help this next generation be the best they can be. Absolutely. Uh, Awesome having you. Uh, You look great. Your energy's still phenomenal. 
I, to be candid with you, Connor just texted me and said, did, did she just get started in the industry? I mean, it doesn't look like she's got anywhere near the years of experience she's <laughs> she does. So uh, you're doing something right, and you're also doing what you're supposed to do. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later. We'll have you back. Okay. Thank you, Kamar. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by Engine Systems and Chief Digital Marketers. For more information on topics discussed, you can visit engine.systems or chiefdigitalmarketers.com. Join us next week and every week after for more innovative and actionable advice.